Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Under Kampfenschlagen des Dürsten Karmens in der Stadtkartwatsch. Hermes Bügeren ist das man Wurst an Uh, everybody, we're back here on Conspiracy Normal. It's been a few weeks. What's up, Luke? I got scabies. Oh, man, you got scabies? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Now I'm spreading it all over your house and all over your furniture. Oh, thanks, man. Just, just, <laughs> just as long as you don't like sit on my dog or something, we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, uh, Chris is absent. Okay, uh, like a dumbass, I just turned the mic off. So sorry about that. <laughs> can't say. <laughs> Don't that know how it was still picking up. Uh, you can't say that on picking the show. up sound, but uh, that's okay. Anyway, yeah. So what you been up to, Luke? What you been doing? Um, well, I've just been on an extended vacation because I have two jobs and neither can give me any hours at all. And it's not because of my performance, because I'm a pretty damn good worker. <laughs> you are you are a good worker, Luke. Thank you, Adam. Uh, it's and because it's not because you have scabies, is it? N- no, it's not because I have scabies. Because the economy blows. No, man, the economy's coming back. 
Oh yeah, to tell you that's, I, I what, Ob- that's what that's what Obama said. I see it. Everyone's spending so much money right now. Everyone's buying big houses and cars and spending so much right, money. Right, man. I mean, just left and right. Yeah, money's just flying it's, out. It's like Clinton all over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, tonight we got uh, Russ Dizdar coming on. He is gonna. We're gonna talk about uh, mind control tonight, and. Uh, among other things, uh, also a really juicy topic of satanic ritual abuse. Woo-hoo! So uh, I figured that one would be one uh, that you would uh, would enjoy. Quite enjoy. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna get him on here pretty pretty can, shortly. Can we have a Geraldo after uh, after him? Yeah, we might. <laughs> Who knows what we're talking about? We found something on uh, I found something on YouTube, kind of doing a little research. There was a Geraldo Rivera special from the '80s about satanic panic. And uh, send it over to Luke. And uh, what do you think of that, man? It's entertaining. <laughs> I saw, you know, everybody knows I'm a metalhead, and I saw the guy wearing the ice, the sleeveless ice earth shirt. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he pretty much did the same thing as the media has always done: just ask someone a question and uh, only take the segments of what they had to say that supports his uh, right his topic. You know, right. It's like he had Ozzy Osbourne on there. This is like '87 or something. So you got like big hair to Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, the the one where you, the Ozzy that you could still understand. Right. He he talks like this and stuff. Oh, moves like this, you know. And uh, so he gets him on there and he asks Ozzy a question and he says something about you know well I just felt alienated was when I was growing up. So like you know things like kind of the dark stuff that I was. I got into, you know, I, I just I just felt like, you know, I was alienated from society and I kinda used that as a means to rebel. And then you see our Geraldo just just, just you know, interrupt him right in the middle yeah. of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Ozzy, can we get back to the point please, Ozzy? Uh <laughs> Don't you worship Satan? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it is a it is an interesting subject and uh hopefully our guests will kinda shed some light on it too, but uh Another thing that's happened too is this uh, uh, guy, this ex-cop in California, that has gone on a rampage. Uh, he killed like, uh, well, he killed the daughter of someone that he had um, been associated with. I think that was his uh, one of the officers in like internal affairs that he felt had given him a bad deal, and so he went and killed. The guy's daughter and her fiance, and then he shot at three cops and killed one of those cops in in, in L.A. And now he's out there in the middle of uh, of the mountains, uh, I guess in the Sierra Nevadas, is hiding out. And so, really strange story. And I heard today that uh, Anonymous has decided to support him. So there's all these guys that are uh, people are really looking at this guy that uh, is like kind of like a hero, you know? Yeah, dude, he's got a shoulder fire rocket too. Yeah, he's got he's got a quote unquote man pad, which you know sounds really strange, but yeah. it's, it's something that's like <laughs> sounds a, like a maxi pad for men. Yeah, right. But it's really a you know surface air rocket launcher that he can and he's threatened to knock down airplanes. Uh, well, not airplanes, but like helicopters and low flying flying vehicle. And uh, there's actually a surveillance drone out on this guy now. They've got a surveillance drone flying around looking for him. And uh, my Skynet 2020. Sure. And my uh, my prediction is is that you're gonna you're gonna see somebody 
one of those uh, planes uh, fall down or one of those helicopters crash and they'll blame it on bad weather. But it'll probably <laughs> be actually him shooting it down. Because, you know, we never really get the whole story. Yeah, so. A helicopter had a malfunction today in a military drill. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess uh, we'll go ahead and try to get our guest on here in a little bit. Go for it. And uh, we'll be right back on Conspiranormal. Y'all stay tuned. Okay, and we're here on Conspiranormal. Uh, this is a redo interview with Russ Dizdar. Uh, we had done an interview with him uh, back on February 11th. And uh, we're redoing the interview tonight on March 24th, 2013. And I uh, just wanted to bring, Russ has been gracious to come back on after my, uh, <laughs> my fupa with the whole uh, not updating PowerGram O, and <laughs> I've explained that to him, so he's been real gracious to come on, and uh, Russ, we want to thank you for coming on to your official <laughs> first time on Conspiranormal. <laughs> well, listen, we're glad to be here, Adam, and uh, um, praying for you to get over that flu. I had one, too, and uh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate uh, you feeling that uh, the material is vitally important that you want to talk about tonight. So that's good stuff. Absolutely, uh, you are one of the people that uh, uh, that I've really ever wanted to get on the show, and uh, to have it just kind of crash and burn like it did was real disappointing. But I hope I can kind of make up for it tonight. Mm. And uh, but I wanted to bring you on. I want to talk about you know mind control and kind of your uh, research and your dealings with. Uh, uh, SRA, which stands for Satanic Ritual Abuse Multiples, and uh, I just kind of want to go into uh, you know first like who you are and uh, your your experience with all that. Sure, uh, a little bit of the background. Um, man, I uh, came out of the late '60s, early '70s, not as a believer in Christ, but um, into the uh, other kind, you know, into the occult stuff and anything I could get my hands on. But I was trying to straighten my life up. Was into Buddhism was into a, uh, going to a temple and learning how to, uh, as they say, leave your body. and uh, Just look into every kind of non-human enhancement, uh, supernatural power. And, but in the midst of all of those years, um, I never found God. And, and it, it, was, it was actually someone that came to me um, and shared Christ. And, and when I came to Christ, and the Spirit of God came into my life, that changed everything. I mean, there's no question the other side was real, but this... This was real. Now I know God. Now I knew, you know, what salvation is, what forgiveness is, and so I launched off, you know, trying to be, you know, begin to, be, you know, be a believer and go off to school. And I feel called to get into ministry and, and learn and grow. Well, in the middle of all that growing and developing and beginning to try to do ministry and reaching out to others, we just realized that there's um, individuals, especially as we work with young people in our area. Every high school we were in doing ministry had uh, young folks into Satanism talking about uh, the Satanic Bible and drawings and, and doing actual rituals. and So we began to target them. We formed a group in 1979 called Shatter. It was just Shatter the Darkness. It was a little group that went after, on an evangelistic level, young folks. Well, that turned into dealing with um, demonized individuals, um, you know, Young people telling us who it was that was telling them how to get into covens. And that just can continue to kind of go down the stairs in a way. And we just kept going and, and, and finding more and, and coven sites and ritual sites and books and materials and adults. 
And uh, that's then it took us into the um, real deep underground, the uh, what's called the ancient brotherhood, satanic ritual abuse, multiple personality disorder. This was like in 1981. 80, Law enforcement brought us into police um, to academies to learn uh, cult crime and, and just a whole lot of stuff. We we kind of dedicated ourselves back then to learn every possible thing we could and then apply the gospel. I mean evangelism and go. So that has dealt now with just uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, uh, you know, over the years in in the area of evangelism, but also hundreds of deliverances and um, probably about you know well hundreds of these really <coughs> excuse me serious victims uh, that has become a big fad in a sense in the late '80s, early '90s. It's kind of quieted down, but it hasn't gone away, Adam. It's massive. The underground satanic rituals. Uh, the ritual abuse, the, the, the purposes for it, it's not just a random thing. So we just simply dug into it to where, uh, and I just got back um, today from digging into a city that um, has had ritual abuse issues. We drove back home, been gone about three days. And, and so we continue to, you know, hunt it down, search it, expose it. The primary thing is helping victims. But the underground is so vast, that's why we felt we needed to do as much as we could to expose. I mean, we're not talking about just your backyard, you know, Satanists doing a circle, a pentagram, or, you know, knocking over tombstones. There's sure. satan, you know, satanic dabblers, there's psycho-Satanists, there's traditional Satanists, there's Carlinian-type Satanism, but there's the real underground, just like Ezekiel chapter 8, type of um, historic, transgenerational. It has everything to do with destroying lives, but it has everything to do with the end of days and the coming of the Antichrist. So um, we, we've just been into the thick of it and uh, hope to continue in, until, until we're called home, I guess. Russ, when you first started um, this group, did you have um, an idea of how serious all this was? Well, I, I guess looking back then, we thought, hey, this is serious because we're finding, um, you know, because we were, we were running youth ministries in four or five schools, and then we had a guy come down out of Medina that wanted to help, and he had a bunch of groups. And so we were, you know, yeah, we, were, we thought it was serious because, hey, Satanism, if they're really into it, if they're really conjuring demons, if they're, if they're spilling and drinking and using their own blood, which some, you know, levels of Satanism does, uh, that was serious. But... Right. Um, the deliverance, I mean, real demons. I mean, I believe biblically, I knew the dark spirits were real even before I got saved. I believed that. Um, and, and I really believed that they were the ones that were counterfeit. They were, they were you know, in, 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 in the spiritual stuff that I was into. I was believing these beings were helping me get out of my body, find elite knowledge, and... Uh, uh, and, and they were just transfigured demons. They were just masquerade, masquerading. Now, for the young folks, um, you know, because that could involve, um, well, we, we had stories of girls being, you know, used sexually. And um, from there, those were the big stories. I mean, human sacrifice, animal sacrifice, um, and then the projects of underground, which, I, you know, we can talk about. The deep stuff that goes all the way back to the Nazis has everything. And here, here's why it's a big issue. One individual, one individual satanic, richly abused individual that has really truly has multiple personalities. That just means that they've had the technology to kind of split their personalities for the purpose of controlling them, programming them, 
demonizing them with powers. And um, whether we believe this or not, they believe that they, since the, since the, the 50s and back in the Himmler, Hitler days, they're, they're trying to create an army, trying to create a master race of supra-para-humans that uh, can be involved in helping the Antichrist in the last days. Now, here's the issue. Our statistics show that there may be 40 million of them on a worldwide scale, and that's astounding. Wow. Uh, that's astounding. 40 million. Um, <clears throat> you kind of go back into the historical aspect of it, and what you're talking about is uh, uh, the mind control, like the MK Ultra. Is that correct? Right, absolutely. Yeah. Well, MK Ultra is, I mean, even that's like 50 some years old, the discussions on it, and there's very little materials that were left because uh, Helms and others, you know, were, were, you know, shredding the materials and hiding it. The big issue is what the Nazis began to develop in a spiritual quest. Adam, they were there, they had an actual, this, and this is not theory or conspiracy. They had an actual plot to, um, determine the bloodline of Germans if they were if they can prove they were Aryan they were to mate whether they were married or not they were to create babies they had a project a very secretive uh, birthing project called Lebensborn uh, Spring of Life they um, wanted to through this the whole goal on a political and uh, military basis was to create a master race we hear those themes you know we hear that yeah. stuff but that's what they really did. The birthing centers were real. 400 to 900,000 babies between 1939 and 1941. That's the estimations. I don't even know if they found all the actual birthing centers. And that's where modern-day satanic ritual abuse, DID, all these popular terms that are used, that really hides the, the agenda that began to develop. The Russians took it in. The Brits took it in. The United States military took in. You know, Operation Paperclip. All those stories that we've heard about Monarch, MK Ultra, Phoenix, Project, Subprojects, Orion, Centauri, all these things combined, it's, it's kind of like U.S. military took in the uh, satanically charged black Trojan horse. And um, they wanted the technologies to create super soldiers themselves, as did the Russians and the Brits and the, and the Canadians and everybody else. But uh, they didn't know the spiritual, that it had spiritual origins and what it would, what it would bring about. So, no question, U.S. military did it, so did the Russians, the, the Germans never stopped. Uh, this quest to develop this, um, it's a horrific thing, Adam, because it, it transmutes a human. And whether we believe it or not, they say collectively that um, that's what it's all about, transmuting, uh, making a parahuman, someone stronger, faster, controllable, yet in every case we've had anyway, highly demonized, um, highly militaristic, um, very, very within them, within what's created within them, very, very opposed to God, very, very opposed to Christ, the church. And again, the reports, and this is 30, this is 30 years worth of work, uh, underground and engaging the individuals. They believe, again, whether we want to believe this or not, they believe they are the shooters, the killers, the programmed warriors, the super soldiers on a multi-continental basis that when triggered by the tens of thousands will help collapse the nations and help foster in, bring in their world leader. That's their belief system 
And that's this kind of Satanism that we're dealing with. And the world leader that you're speaking of is the Antichrist. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they, they see the Antichrist kind of like the Masonic, uh, um, you know, Albert Pike. They see him as the light being, the shiny one, the brilliant one, the, the one coming with the elite knowledge, the one to free uh, mankind from the evil god of heaven. That's, that's how they see this. And this is what they believe. They truly believe that he's the shining one. And, and what we've got to understand is, uh, just like Ezekiel chapter 8, this is not something foreign to the scripture. We see this in Ezekiel 8. We see this back in, in the days of Josiah. This goes all the way back to before the flood. And part of the reasons why the flood was issued, um, when this dark side attempt with the Nephilim, with the transmuting of the human bloodline, with... Um, with uh, the embedding of satanic and or, you know, the dark side's architecture and uh, civilizations. I mean, the Mayan civilization was transmuted humanity or humanity being used, and it was Nephilim architecture. It was all the same spiritual agenda. But the, the scriptures predict that it's going to be off the charts beyond anything humanity has ever seen in the end of days. And uh, I believe that's where we're at with this that what we read in scripture really does have boots on the ground, you know, black boots on the ground in a sense, uh, reality to it. The Antichrist can't come to power without massive, massive, um, you know, supernaturalism in the sense of dark powers, but also the political, economic, militaristic side of it has to be there. They have to have the soldiers. One of these individuals I dealt with, Adam, says this, we will make Hitler's SS troops look like choir boys. <laughs> and uh, that's wow. what I see in them. That's In our experience with them, that's what I see in them. Well, what, uh, what are some of your experiences that you've had with these individuals? Well, the primary thing is, you know, wanting to take the gospel, engaging them, the deliverance aspect of powerful demons within that have been, you know, put into them. Uh, they're created, Adam. These, these guys are not just um, young traditional Satanists or young Anton LaVey-type Satanists that go out, yeah. you know, read a few books and, and get into it, which can be bad enough. You can get possessed and controlled and demonized and, you know, lose your soul in yeah, there. Yeah, and I'm glad, this, you put a, I'm glad you put a distinction between that because there is a lot of, uh, I think, misdirection sometimes that people look at those, uh, like an Anton LaVey, who's kind of more just like a charlatan, um, and instead of looking at like the bigger picture, right? Well, absolutely, because Anton Lavey and I, you know, um, you know, reading this, you know, the Satanic Bible and nine statements and all the rest, and, and, and interacting with and, and, and sharing the gospel with those those kinds of Satanists is different than like the Cathedral of the Black Goat in, in Los Angeles, the traditional Satanist, or the Kralinian Dark Side occultist. Um, or anybody else in different forms. I mean, there's different forms, kind of like denominations among Satanism in a way. Yeah. But this is the this is the this is the underground. This is the satanic mafia. Uh, this is the um, if you think in terms of the the organization and secrecy of the drug lords and or the mafia and how organized, this goes beyond that. Um, this is what Daniel prophesied in Daniel about a fourth kingdom of fierce global kingdom, political, economic, military. This is what Revelation 13 is about. Um, and in all of history, no governmental ideology can come to power without the backing of soldiers, with the military side of it, the fighters. Sure. So, so spiritually guided, spiritually inspired, 
um, Himmler and Hitler had this spiritual quest to backbreed Germans that they believed had, um, and this was all spiritually guided, that they had this Aryan blood. We don't, and we don't mean you know, like what we say modern day uh, blonde haired. We we mean what what they meant by Aryan blood was that there in the past was super beings, superhumans, the God men. That's why they use the term God men. And they actually believed the Aryan were godmen, half-men, half-god, just what the Nephilim were. So their quest, the fact is, their quest was to back-breed. <laughs> Himmler was a breeder. And yeah. he, he believed they could take German Nazis that might have a little bit of, uh, maybe a little tiny tint of this Aryan, Nephilim, godman-type blood that had powers in it and that would make them live longer and stronger in, in all this. Well, if they bred them... Well, then they can have, that baby would have even more. And if they took that baby and another baby that was produced by the breeders, then that next generation would be even stronger, more supernaturally powerful. Um, so they wanted a, a master race that could enforce a 1,000-year a global Reich. That's history. That's reality. That's why the war occurred. That's why they did what they did, and we had to fight, and the world had to fight, and, and, you know, close to 50 million or whatever had lost their lives. That's why they tried to uh, annihilate um, Israel and, 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 and the ovens. All of that was based on a spiritual quest that included, um, they were aided in all of this in a supernatural way to try to build this, um, this, this, this army. Well, if we're believers and we look at the scriptures and we begin to really look and say, wow, when the Antichrist does come, he doesn't come out of anywhere. He has to be born. He has to be raised up. There has to be a system. Revelation 13 talks about a political, economic, military system. God calls it a beast system that comes as if out of nowhere. Once all the hellish chaos and anarchy occurs and the collapse of nations occurs, well then, rising as if out of nowhere, as if a phoenix rising out of the ashes, the way they look at it. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this next kingdom. And, and so, biblically speaking, I believe that a pre-existent shadow political, economic, military system has to be in place. It is physically super secret and supernaturally super secret until the time comes. But it has to be there before it um, pops up onto human history as if out of nowhere. So, with all these people that are around, I mean, we hear a lot about what's going on uh, with all these shootings and such. Um, what are kind of your opinions on, like, Sandy Hook and, uh, you know, the Batman shooting and what's going on there? Could those guys be possibly be a part of this? Absolutely. I mean, you know, let's, we'll break this down. Inside, what, and again, I, I don't like to use the term satanic ritual abuse and multiple personality disorder. Those are terms that have been flung around that are misunderstood. Here's okay. what they... They call themselves chosen ones or special ones. Yeah. An another term is BWBs, but I won't even go there. But Babylon working babies. But they see themselves as... Truly, they see themselves as super soldiers. So, anybody dealing with a victim, an SRA victim that's between 55 and 65, that's the first generation that began in the early 50s. Those are the ones that are numbered anywhere from 2.4 million to 10 million in the United States alone. Now, the question is, um, how, do they, how, do they become, how do they become 
human beings whose personalities have been altered, fragmented, split, where mind control programming has been put in, and then demonization, power, was put in with, a, with an agenda. So I've dealt with the sub-personalities and the demonization and the programming. Some of the subparts are programmed to run, some to do recon, some to um, watch and observe. Uh, some are created to be assassins and are, are weapons experts, where others are fighters and can do martial arts. Others can use a knife and, and slice like any, you know, a ranger. I mean, they, they can fight uh, on, on a militaristic uh, level incredibly, but they have alter parts of them. The view is on their side of the fence that this has made them a superior being. This has made them to where they can switch into any level of uh, program part of them to be used um, in uh, this whole battle. Then they have powers. Uh, clairvoyance, telekinesis, supernatural powers, everything counterfeit to real believers in Christ. Just like we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness, they need power of demons to do their, their side of, of the story. The problem is, we're overt. We're out there saying, hey, here we are as believers. Here's Christ. Here's the good gospel. Here's the message. They have to run right now in an extremely secretive way. So, as you and I are talking about this, 2013... Yeah. Uh, the estimations now, because they're in Germany, they're in they're in England, they're in France, they're in Ireland, they're in New Zealand, they're in Paraguay, they're in the colony of Dignidad down in South America, they're in Australia. Why are they in all these nations? They're in Russia, uh, they're in Italy, they're in the Vatican. Why, Adam? Why are they? Why are they by the tens of thousands? Why are they in every single city in the United States? Uh, the the ones trying to get out, they've shown up in every psych ward and counseling center across the states and in and in Canada and Australia and all these other nations I mentioned same thing this is a multinational multi-continental issue the insurance companies are spending hundreds of millions trying to handle this on a secular psychological basis they don't even understand uh, the agenda behind it they don't understand the demonic side behind it they don't know how to deal with that uh, so um, what we've done is plunge into it, and we've, we've got friends and now see, you know, counselors all over the nation, some in Canada, some in Australia, other places in England. They're all working with this. So it's not a conspiracy theory in the sense of some kind of just made-up innuendo. Um, Psalm chapter 2 speaks about a conspiracy. Why do the nations rage and conspire? Uh, why do the peoples you know, plot in vain? Why do the kings of the earth, they all gather together to take their stand against God and against his Messiah. That's going to be ultimately fulfilled. That's a 3,000-year-old prophecy, and it'll be ultimately fulfilled in Revelation 19.19. This is all about Armageddon. These people that we've dealt with and these assassin shooters on the inside, the programmed ones that seem to have no conscience, that have no problem slicing up kids, killing, slaughtering, doing rituals. So, a long answer to your question is, what about... Jared, what about Holmes? What yeah. about Adam? Um, what about the VTEC shoot? My answer is, because I can't get to them face to face, I don't like to diagnose and ver. I, I love. I want verification. But in our in our grid of what we use to verify whether somebody is a programmed multiple and and have, has been used in this capacity, 
they're fitting out of ten, out of a, you know, out of a scale of ten, you know, they're fitting seven, eight, and nine. Um, you know, I have I, in my personal. This is subjective. This is my observation. But I've been on the field, you know, thirty years with it, and thousands and thousands of hours with it, and we've talked to engaged programmed assassins, killers. Uh, we've watched as they attempted to kill staff members when one personality came up to instantly, out, like out of nowhere, with no conscience, cold as hell or dark as hell itself, and tried to tried to annihilate, you know, uh, our folks. Um, so, yes, I see that the demonization is there. I see that programming is there. Here's some of the indicators. Um... Everybody says about these people, including the VTech shooter, too, uh, except maybe except for Adam. Everybody thought Adam did have some kind of problem going on. But the other side of the story is all these other ones, well, they never had a gun before. They weren't, you know, they weren't like violent like this. They never killed anybody. And all of a sudden, they become these proficient, you know, SWAT team level, militaristic yeah. military <laughs> level. I mean, they, you know, when, when I hear FBI profilers on television, uh, or at least commentators say, they just snapped. I want to pull my hair out because Adam, that when someone says, "Well, they just snapped," they went crazy. They're nuts. Well, okay, we can use those terms. They're nuts. They're crazy. They're mean. They're evil. Um, the world hates them and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is, do nutty people, um, in a sophisticated way, like a military op, uh, plot and plan the whole structure, like Holmes did? And right. the setting up his apartment and buying other weapons, and I mean, this took this took weeks of preparation. Uh, so, first of all, I, I see this, all this preparation that goes on. Second of all, I see the way they kill is just this horrific. Uh, it's like a satanic ritual issue. They slaughter the people, children, whoever. They don't care. That's how a program demonized subpersonality operates. Um, there's no conscience in that because their 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 mental capacity is completely programmed, completely dark. Think in terms of a hypnotist hypnotizing somebody. Um, the main person is out of the way, and they've got the the hypnotically tranced out part of them up. Um, and we we see this on television, and that's kind of a light version of what we're talking about. And the and again, if it's just one case or two cases or three cases. But back in the 80s when it became 20 cases and then 80 cases and then 100 cases and then our networking with others and then 500 cases and then by the 1993, you know, Holly Hector from Centennial Hospital in, in Denver is quoted, you know, working within the system saying, hey, there's 2.4 million diagnosed cases. Colin Ross, the psychiatrist out of Canada, who writes a massive book on this called Project Bluebird, the yeah. purposeful creation of multiple. Now, notice that. Notice his subtitle. For some reason, now that has been removed. He's changed the name to the CIA doctors, but um, the original title, the purposeful creation. You cannot be one of them unless somebody created this. You cannot be a multiple. You cannot be SRA. You cannot be a program shooter unless somebody created it. So. If it's one or two or three, that's bad enough. Look at Adam. Look at, uh, and, I, and I think Adam was more than just an angry kid. There's no question in my mind he was more than just an angry kid. Um, Holmes and Jared remind me explicitly of program shooters who 
slaughter and do what they do as they're triggered to do so. And Absolutely. Then, and then the part of them that did this goes down. They come back, and they, as a separate personality, have no memory. They act nuts. They feel nuts. They seem nuts. Their confessions with, with the Adam individual, with the Holmes individual, uh, hearing voices, all this kind of stuff. So I'm saying there's no question, and, and here's what happened. Steve Quell had me come on with Hagman and Hagman on Thursday night, and he explicitly, whatever, for whatever reason, Steve wanted me to exp- talk explicitly about shooters, program shooters. So I talked that night about them, how they're created, what they're doing. We discussed Jared and Holmes and, and other cases. I said, listen, there's more coming. There's a, you know, an estimation of 10 million victims, 5 million intact. Let's just dumb it down to 1 million of 1 million Jareds or 1 million homes, uh, 1 million VTech shooters in the United States. Just, just bring it way down to 1 million. Um, you, know how many, you know how many that leaves per city? Think in terms of what Holmes did and Jared did, the VTech shooter did, and Adam did up in Sandy Hook. All happening in every city, in every state, across the United States at the same time. Then all of a sudden we hear, hey, it's happening in Canada. Australia, England, everything is thrust into anarchy. I mean, just one shooter doing what he did and the horrible, you know, decimation that occurs. So I believe they were, in, in a number of these cases, they were, these, these are tests. These are, they have been plotted. Uh, they're being used. And I do agree with the, with the, with the theme that this is being used. I mean, if there's anybody that wants the United States and other places, you know, the civilians not to have weapons to fight back. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. Yeah. Globalists. They don't want that. Um, they, they, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be an interference to their, you know, and really be, uh, you know, a, a major sense of resistance to what they're plotting. So do you think that, uh, that these are being used by by organizations that are um, <clears throat> that are trying to do some kind of political gain they're just using these these multiples in order well, to do that yeah I mean I mean and here's again because we, I, I don't want pe- folks to think that you know it's just la la land and you know conspiracy only Cons- real I mean drug lords are in conspiracy yeah. behind the scenes you know pol- politicians are in conspiracy real what, what we mean by conspiring is and if you look up a definition you know, all it takes is a few people begin to plot together to do something radically evil, pull the wool over other, everybody else's eyes, you know, uh, to, to have regime change, to, to overthrow a city. Um, I mean, conspiracy is real in war, in politics, in, in business, in money market, you know, in, in the economic stuff. But, but the scriptures speak about a, you know, a dark side, empowered, driven, conceived um, conspiracy that... Um, that needs boots on the ground. It won't happen without it. So um, I look at the scriptures first, and this is what I see. Secondly, I see the development, and, uh, I, and I agree with you that, yeah, I, I believe that much of this is being angled at building a united consensus in the United States and other places to, hey, the smart thing to do is disarm everybody and control everybody and, and, and level this down. But behind that project, is the real teeth. All we're seeing is the fins. We're not seeing the face of the shark. Behind the fins of this um, quest of changing laws and then the next step, you know, uh, taking certain weapons away, then the next step, uh, 
you know, taking any weapons away. Then the next step, you know, of anybody that would be on the radio saying anything about end times prophecy, take the guns away from them. Yeah. So, I, I, this is a huge, this is a human prediction, a hu- based on my studies, based on my engagement with undergrounders. This is a human prediction. More shooters will erupt. Multiple shooters will erupt. That will include bombings. Um, they will be made to look like crazy, anti-government, you know, end of days, prepper, crazy nuts. That's what they're going to be made to look like. That's, That's what they been... tried to do with Adam Lanza's mother in the um, in the media. They immediately tried to paint her as a prepper. Exactly. And, and so, therefore, um, anybody that's even inclined in that direction is going to be one of these crazy nuts. And see, this is where when you take a step beyond that, um, that, you know, that facade, beyond that mirage, in a sense, beyond that face, there's a Greek word in the Bible, it's, it's metaskidsmazotai. That's the word used in reference to Satan can transfigure and make himself look like an angel of light. Uh, they have the power. If anybody has the power of deceit, of masquerading, of, um, of uh, coordinating uh, a conspiracy on the one hand, uh, it's like the big bad wolf syndrome in a sense, you know? We're looking at these events and we're saying, hey, we're saying, hey, what, my, what big teeth you have, uh, Sandy Hook? Uh, you know, what big ears you have, uh, Colorado? Uh, you know Arizona. Uh, you know, you know what's all that fur? I mean, we're we're seeing the wolf um, just faded behind these happenings that that are made to look like crazy nuts, evil slaughter. Therefore, the response is again take away guns, more control, more observation of uh, citizens, uh, um, because they. In any regime change, let alone, let alone a global one, you've, you've got to begin to move that direction. That's the way the Nazis did. They had, they had such power of propaganda. They had the people looking in one direction. They were, they were stupefying and amazing their, their nation, the, the peoples by the, by the millions, looking in one direction while the smokestacks in Auschwitz were burning. You know, yeah. 700 people a day were being stuffed into ovens. And um, so we're looking at... Um, what they're saying on the on the surface, but we have to look behind the scenes. Number one, with biblically lit eyes, what this what the scripture shows will be the sequence. And then we have to look at, you know, who's plotting, who's behind this. And that's like I'm saying, the satanic ritual stuff. If Jared and if Holmes and the VTech shooter, by the way, and maybe maybe even, and I don't know I don't know Adam enough to say clearly. Only thing I can say about Adam is I don't believe he was just an angry boy that was so angry at his mom or so jealous that he would go taking a gun or, or whatever even the whole story is. Another shooter, whatever. Nobody knows the whole story. What's yeah. real about it? No, you know? nobody knows, yeah. Um, that's, yeah. That's the other side of the story. Nobody knows what's real about that other than it's, been, it's the number one tool being used for Biden and everybody getting together. Oh, we got to shut down the guns. We got to pull the guns. Nobody needs a, you know, more than seven bullets. Uh, you, you know, let's just give everybody muskets. Um, yeah, like yeah. that's going to work against the Hydra, right? I mean, um, so, I mean, he, and here we're talking about this. I went to see uh, purposely uh, Friday morning the new movie Olympus Has Fallen. Hmm. 
And uh, if anybody gets to see this movie, Olympus Has Fallen, I'm doing a series this week on it um, purposely because um, and seeing that coming, um, there's so many things about, you know, it's all about the White House, a, a conspiracy and a collapse and a break, you know, a, a destruction. And it demonstrates the hatred and, and all this stuff that's going on with America. And nobody's answering the question that, well, if America falls, what does happen? Who takes over? What does come in? And, and, they're, and they're not dealing with the biblical reality. No, Russia's going to fall, and England's going to fall, and Germany's going to fall. It's going to happen collectively because a new regime, a hidden regime that does not want you to see its face yet, uh, is coordinating all of it. And we have to, with prayer, Spirit of God lit eyes, and biblically, uh, with biblical literacy, know, um, you know, and really look into these things. We don't need any window. We need we need verification, Adam. Though we need we need to say this, this is you know we need to question. I mean, I just came from a city in Pennsylvania, and and here's another shooter. It happened in December on the 21st of December, 2012. Well, that's an interesting date, isn't it? And here's what happens. Here's the story. I read it when I'm there. I'm trying to ask questions, um, and I'm in Altoona, and and here's what happens. A guy goes out a little bit wild. He shoots a few people, just kills them couple people he goes to a church and and shoots through the glass window there's a woman inside just putting up christmas direction uh, 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 what it, lights or whatever else decorations and he kills her and then the cops show up and then he immediately starts you know he rams his vehicle into one of theirs and try and and then he starts shooting the officers the officers fire back and kill him so the shooter is dead three other people are dead Back in the report in December, just a few months ago, it says, "Well, we don't we don't know the motive." So the bottom line is, well, just one of those crazy nuts. Well, I'm hearing a little bit more now. Um, here's what they're saying: that the little bit of stuff coming out now, because law enforcement hasn't said anything. Um, he was one of those anti-governmental guys. That's what it's, <laughs> that's that's the bottom line. Okay, so now in Altoona, Pennsylvania, they have a guy that slaughters three other people, tries to kill police, himself gets shot and killed. Um, and their their idea of motive is uh, well, he was anti-government. Okay, stop. If he's anti-government, why didn't he go after the government? Yeah, why did he, he just go goes to after a, ordinary people? Right? He goes after citizens, and then yeah. he goes after a woman inside the church. <laughs> kind of like they said it was like random. Um, but see, programmed, demonized, chosen one type assassins. Part of what they're going to do on a collective level is make it all look random, look crazy, look nuts, while there is design behind it. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me as well. Uh, I, I also wanted to get your uh, your thoughts, and we talked about this when we had you on before, but no one ever hear, will hear that. But, <laughs> but I wanted to go over it. Um, a little bit, and we, you're talking about the satanic ritual abuse um, and all that, and that's kind of something that, uh, you know, in preparing for the first interview with you, I looked into a lot of that, and a lot of kind of the consensus on the kind of what happened in the 80s and into like, I think, towards early to mid-90s, kind of the consensus by the, I guess you would say, the establishment is that that was kind of a mass hysteria that people were thinking that it was wasn't true, right. and one of the one of the things that sparked it was the uh, the Mick, the Mick Martin preschool preschool case, right. Right. Uh, which I had heard you on coast to coast um, 
not too long before we did that first interview, and someone called up and took you to task on Big Martin. And uh, I thought you had a pretty good answer, but you can kind of expound more on that. I think people need to hear what uh, what you had to say about all that. Sure. Yeah, because here's what we have. We have the public going after this whole underground. What happened was in the late 70s, these satanic ritually abused began to show up with with multiple personality disorder. In the DSM-3, and the, that's the Diagnostic Bible, the Diagnostic Manual for psych, you know, psychologists you know, all over, and that's what they used right. to... Um, so, so in the 70s, prior to this, they didn't have anything about this subject. So when they first started showing up, late 70s, you know, and then the 80s by the hundreds, they had to kind of like run around and find out, hey, what's going on here? They were beginning to diagnose them first as schizophrenics, but then they realized, no, these are not schizophrenics. They have altered personalities, sub-personalities. Um, so the DSM-3, DSM-4, you know, put in a diagnostic, diagnosis standard and how do you diagnosis, you know, diagnose it, and there was different, a whole bunch of different applications of how do you heal it. But um, so the American Psychological Association went after it. Um, when it was all beginning to come out, here's what happened then. Law enforcement began to be taken to places and ritual places. Um, women were showing up. Some men were showing up. Most of the men victims, they were showing up, they were showing up in prisons. Jeffrey Dahmer was a multiple. John Wayne Gacy was a multiple. Lucas was a multiple. Ted Bundy was a multiple. Nobody dug into that. Nobody dug yeah. into the fact that subpersonalities in them were operative because they didn't understand it. So, um, was it Ra- Ramirez who was an outright Satanist? Right. Yeah. Now, now, he, now him, I don't know. Again, I've, I've seen it, I've seen the video stuff of him. I've read uh, transcripts of his engagement with uh, those who uh, interrogated him. Um, he, I put him right now in the category of psycho Satanism. I mean, yeah. it's true that sin and demonization can lead people to be slaughterers. Um, and his kind of slaughtering was individual, sexual, uh, maniacal, just like Rollins, the Rollins case in the Gainesville, Florida, where the guy had some part or something in him named Gemini that made him slaughter college girls, cut yeah. off body parts, and do... I mean, so in, the, in criminalistics, we look at serial, serial kill, killers, serial rapists, but... What nobody has done for a while is to dig into are some of these multiples. Now they're realizing, like Jeffrey Dahmer, yes, they're now saying, okay, yes, he was a multiple. Here's what they don't answer. How did he become one? Because you can only become a multiple if someone is doing the trauma-based development of it. You can't just show up as a multiple. It has to be created um, from childhood up. So that's number one, who created it. Number two, I saw at Death Tech, a SWAT team training, uh, we were at, at an advanced occult crime uh, case uh, there, or, or learn, you know, training, and um, Tom Wedge brings in the big books, copies of the big books from Madame Morse and from the, um, um, the Dahmer case. So we're looking at pictures inside Dahmer. I watched a documentary just a few days ago about the Dahmer case. The real, you know, the real uh, policeman that was involved with him directly and all this. Okay, they showed how evil, what he did. They didn't allude to his multiplicity. And they definitely, you never heard this anywhere in public, anything about Satanism. Adam, he had a, an altar built out of human thigh bones. He had a power cone, which is like a triangle shape, built out of human skulls 
which is something to use to draw a demon and, and you know contain and to be able to use. Um, he was uh, he he did what underground ancient brotherhood that kind of summoning use of demon. He was deeply a part of him at least knew how to summon. Uh, knew how to create. He had satanic books all over his. Uh, I mean, and and where did where did we see this? We didn't. Here's what law enforcement yeah. did. They didn't know. Just like dealing with gangs and and drug lords from other you know places, because of all the new writings and and, and they didn't understand a satanic baphomet. They didn't understand uh, a uh, black mass indicator. They didn't understand a a justice symbol. Black you know a satanic justice symbol. They didn't understand to be in and all these ancient writings and uh, a ritual site. I mean, this was kind of new. So here's what happened. Late 80s, all of a sudden cops are going across the, the nation. They're beginning to, you know, get occult and satanic crimes guys teaching on this stuff, dealing with it, teaching others. We met a guy named Tom Wedge, that, uh, uh, again, a law enforcement guy. And I believe by God's providence, we met him and he didn't know too much about the underground satanic ritual multiple side of it, but he became, you know, in those days anyway, he became pretty knowledgeable. He taught all over the country. Um, his book was called The Satan Hunter. Uh, even, even Anton LaVey flew Tom Wedge in to San Francisco to meet with him to tell him, hey, your book was accurate about us, and, but yet I think that he also did other things. Tom Wedge is dead now. Um, but, but that's what happened. They began to teach this all over the nation. I was recruited into law enforcement in the 90s uh, to be their chaplain for one reason, so that I can come into their police academy and teach on occult and satanic crimes. But none of them were majoring in any sense on the multiplicity side, specifically the feds. Um, so uh, the, the so-called fad, you know, people are coming out, cases being told. What's happening is kids and our girls in the late 20s, early 30s were showing up in the 80s saying all these horrific stories. Well, commentators, Geraldo, you know, uh, Maury Povich, uh, all those people began to get a hold of these and put them out there. Books were being written. But no, here's what we did in the 80s. Because the stories were so fantastic, we devised a team that would... Um, with even, without even telling the victims, we wanted to go, whatever they told us, we wanted to go verify. Is there a real place? Is there a real person by that name? Is there sure. a real location? Is, what does this symbol really mean? We took their drawings. We took the uh, stuff that they brought from, you know, confiscated stuff they brought in. We began to just hoard that and look at it and go and purposely try to counter infiltrator or, or go in as far as we could, kind of like, again, Ezekiel chapter 8, to see what it is God wanted to show us so that we can tell about it. Um, satanic ritual abuse programmed with the supernatural side of this is so sophisticated, I am convinced that just basic law enforcement reaction and even journalists or media individuals' reaction to uh, a story um, that... They, they, they just don't have the capacity to understand what it's all about, nor the tenacity, in the most part, to step by step by step, go hunt it down, see how it works, uh, how do you track it, how do you, how do you nail it down, how do you decide, because inside multiples, you know what they've got, Adam? Personalities, 
that are trained in disinformation, purposely giving you information to lead officers or people the other way. You know what else they have inside them? Personalities that are programmed with denial, that all of a sudden they're telling stories, telling stories, telling stories. Two days later, they get triggered, whether a phone call, a card is sent, somehow a trigger is given, the denial personality that's already been placed inside comes up. I've never been abused. Nobody's huh. ever touched me. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Everything's fine. I've had a good life. I, I can give you an exact case. In Lidditz, Pennsylvania, I heard a story about Dr. Stephen Powers. It's a, I'm mentioning his real name because it's a real public case. He was working as a psychologist, working with a multiple, had all the documentation about subpersonalities talking to him, had all of that stuff intertwined with it. After 10 years, something happened, and he didn't understand how the coven works, how the handlers work, how they're going to play him. All of a sudden, a denial personality comes forward, and we've seen this. We've dealt with denial personalities. I, I, they, the, they came forward and said, I've never been a multiple. I've never been abused. This man just misled me. This man just, uh, you know. And so the multiple, her name was Rose, sued Dr. Stephen Powers and won, and a, you know, won $300,000. I went to Lidditz purposely. I was bugged. It bothered me. Mm-hmm. I went there. I tracked down Dr. Stephen Powers, and I met with him. He took me to dinner. In Lidditz, I sat there listening to the whole story, listening to the fact that the multiple, the chosen one, still lives in the city. That means a coven is in the city. That means handlers that know how to split, program, demonize, and operate is right there in that city. Uh, we've been into Pennsylvania probably 60 times in this kind of hunt, and I just came back from another one today. Um, and, and he was kind of, you know, defeated, and he said, Russ, I think they're still following me. I think they're still watching me. You know, he, he doesn't know how it happened. He says, I've got all the notes, and on and on and on. And he got, you know, I don't, when I say sanctioned, I mean, he got from the, you know, Psychological Association. He was kind of, you know, he lost some of his uh, licenses or whatever else, and, and um so that's, that's one among a number of other cases. Like even here locally, there's cases that went to law, went to, uh, went to court where uh, we dealt with a victim. The psychologist brought to me, um, and uh, they, they sued their parents. They won. But the parents declared they had no money and they couldn't. The parents being, what I mean by that is being the Satanists that helped create the personalities. They were, you know, and, and this is a hard fact. Every multiple personality, SRA, chosen one person, in every case we've had, one, at least one of their parents are involved and a grandparent's involved. It's a bloodline, transgenerational, just like with the Hitler thing. Next generation, next generation, next generation. So um, there's, there's, there's ways to investigate. There's ways to look at this. And... And, and because of what we, where we've been, and we'll talk about the McMartin case or any other case, we've got a number of cases here. Um, I've decided to launch, uh, instead of doing it locally with a few people, we're going to launch the broadest training on this kind of intervention investigation that should have been done in the 80s, but nobody knew how. We, we learned the hard way, too, back in the 80s. We learned what not to do by a lot of times being clubbed and beaten, hit and kicked and spit on and multiple switching to runners while driving down the road. They just opened the car door at them and jumped out and rolled, and we could never catch Jeez. them. They were, they were faster. They were quicker. 
subpersonalities, again, cold and dark as hell, as if they have no conscience. They don't care. They would, that sub-demonized program personality, they would eat your child. They love the, the screeching, crying pain of individuals. We don't know how darkness, we don't know the depths of how chilling darkness really is. If anyone we, wants to see that, a uh, good like indication of that, I believe, is the video madness on the fast lane. Correct. Which is you, extremely interesting. Absolutely. When Ellie Marzulli first showed it at a conference, when I looked at it, I looked right at him and I said, because I talk about it in my book, I talk about it publicly, a federal officer's wife. We worked with her for four years. Blonde hair, same size, same thing. When she could switch to altered program personalities, she could throw off five, six, seven people. Faster, quicker, uh, sub-personalities knew how to fight, knew how to kill, uh, very dangerous. Even when she, like when I mentioned runner, that's, that's what I was referring to. Driving down the road, I got this federal officer's wife. It's 11 o'clock at night. I didn't know that it, the moment 11 o'clock struck, that was a trigger that she would switch to a runner personality no matter where she was. This would happen in houses. She would go through a door, go through a window, um, and none of us, she was so fast, none of us ever caught her. We had to find her hours later or the next day. Um, a wow. runner personality is programmed. That's all they do. That, that uh, if they get a trigger or if some kind of information is being accessed, uh, or like in this case at 11 o'clock, the runner was to come forward, take the body to a location to either make a phone call for them to pick them up to get to the location for the ritual or whatever. So this happened again and again and again. And, um, um, I, you know, not seeing it, I understand why some people are skeptic, but I would say this to all skeptics. Don't let your skepticism be based on incompetence of knowledge that you don't have the knowledge. Just because it seems crazy to you doesn't mean it's wrong. Look at the facts, get into it, dig into it, and here's what happens. We brought law enforcement, we brought psychologists, we brought teachers, we brought cops, right into cases where we were doing deliverance and where they saw personality switches. Um, so in trying to expose it all this time, because um, everybody's work, anybody that's working in this field primarily is trying to help the victim. They need help. They need deliverance. They need salvation. They need healing. They need to be protected uh, because covens and handlers don't give up right away. That's what triggers are all about, callback triggers. Uh, very sophisticated, but let me, let me get, for, the, for the audience's sake, let me give you this. Um, so as they don't just look to me as far as information saying, oh, this guy's just, you know, batty. Um, go to G.H. Estabrooks. He was, in the, in the 40s, considered a world-renowned psychologist, world-renowned in his field. The U.S. military hired him in. He was working with them on what? On creating program soldiers. He writes a book. I've got two copies right here five feet from me. Um, the book is called Hypnotism, G.H. Estabrooks. Anybody can read it. It's not my material. It's theirs. In a chapter called weaponization. They were weaponizing the process. He discusses, guess what? Multiple personality disorder, uh, you know, creating multiple personalities, using trance hypnosis, carving out and creating a subalter in a soldier. He declares in his book 
that they had they had the ability to create a subalter personality in a, in a U.S. soldier, to to create that alter to be an assassin, or program it to be a reconnaissance agent, or program it to be a disinformation agent, or program it to infiltrate groups and places or governments and spy. He writes all of this and how they could be used. And then, Adam, he says in that book, what we need to do is create a fifth column and create these super soldiers in every department of U.S. military in case down the road we need them for, you know, for something. The book was written in 1947. Yeah, that's a kind of a key year. Exactly. That's when it seems like a barrage of gateways and a, and a spike in the satanic agenda, you know, begin to roll in the heavenlies and roll on the ground and roll in the military. We've got to remember, biblically, we, there is no antichrist, there is no fourth king, uh, you know, new world order without the spiritual presence behind that develops all of it. And that it develops for years and years and years until the events where they unleash. They haven't unleashed to the world yet, but they're coming. And we're seeing... Even we are seeing only 10% of what's underground. And we want to pull up more and show more. Um, and, and God, in Ezekiel chapter 8, Adam took, took Ezekiel the prophet into that underground, super-secret, Luciferic, serpent-worshipping coven in the city of God. God took him in supernaturally. Step by step, he showed him more detestable things, showed him more, showed him more, until he took him right to the faces of the perpetrators. And that's what I believe is that God will um, will take individuals to the point where they're going to they're going to come face to face with the actual creators, the perpetrators uh, of the first generation. Um, and, and here's the set, here, here's the broader news for people to think about: the first generation of these individuals are 55 to 65. In every single case, when there's no interruption. They have children that become multiples, demonized, programmed, just like them, maybe even better. The second generation is between 35 and 45. That's, that's basic averages. Third generation is between 18 and 27. Now we're dealing with the fourth generation. If nobody interferes, we have a family right now. There's the, there's the great-grandma, there's the grandma, there's the mom, and there's the next, all the way down. Um... And so it's created like that inside of them. It's, it, it, that's the way they're designed. And, and now, so we're not statistically even counting second, third, fourth generation. In the United States, in psych wards all over, you've got kids that are multiples. And the psychs don't know what to do with them other than drug them and so forth. You've got uh, 20, 18 to 27-year-olds that are primed to be used as test shooters, as designed... Um, false flag stuff. Uh, they're programmed to infiltrate. Adam, they've been placed since the 70s in U.S. government, U.S. military, U.S. law enforcement. A, a placement project as sleepers has, was unleashed in the late 70s to put them in churches everywhere. Why are they in every psych ward? Why are they in every city? Every city. They're not just in California. They're not just in New York. Um, just, to, again, looking at the broader picture. And, and I guess that's what I'm trying to... I want... I mean, it shocks people everywhere at all the conferences, and I, you know, even the book does, and yet, here's what occurs. Um, and again, we wrote the book years ago, um, and it described the assassin shooters and what's going to happen. And that's, and the, that's black, long, the Black Awakening. Black, yep. Right, and that's long before 
the VTech, sh- any of the any of the shooters that we've seen in the last you know number of years. You know, that's 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 uh, that's long before those things occurred. Um, that's why we're saying, and because we dealt with actual programmed assassins, what their job is, who they are, what, what they believe, um, what they think. And, and, and the truth is, in salvation, healing, deliverance, and, and getting in there, um, they can be, that can be broken. And, and there can be a, you know, we can, we can see that stopped. Um, but that's going to take particular ministry. Uh, so we have to understand how it occurred. And in getting God's wisdom biblically and by the Holy Spirit to help them get free, and that's ultimately the cross in Christ and what it's all about, anyway. So, um, when I'm mentioning uh, sleepers, um, again, part of the project they had on a national level, and see, here's why we're working locally with individuals, and then we're seeing it in the city, and then we're seeing it in the region, and then we're seeing it the people that were we have a hundred victims that have come out of Pennsylvania. It bugged me in the beginning, why Pennsylvania? Why? And so we're driving into Pennsylvania, we're going to the ritual sites, we're digging up bones, we're hunting down places and stuff that's very old but yet it's still going on and, 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 and Pennsylvania is packed with chosen ones, altered with sub-personalities and all the rest. Um, so this is part of the issue. Uh, you know, I had to begin to ask, you know, even in the early 90s, how come there's so many of them? Where do they come from? What's the real agenda? Uh, so I'm going to say very clearly, it's not a random thing. It's not a nut thing. It's not they're crazy or mental. This is designed by the dark side that it's so broad and so big, we have to ask the broader questions. Um, again, why are they in every city of the United States? Why are they placed in churches purposely? Here's what I've been told by the subpersonalities that we've engaged that were once sleepers. We're placed there so that when the trigger comes across the board, um, inside of us, the killers will come out. Uh, there'll be random slaughtering, killing of people in churches. Or they're placed there to have the priestesses and other demonized parts unleash ritual warfare against churches, against pastors, to do it covertly and not let them know. They know extreme, targeted, ritually sent, how to send demons how to release powers, how to bring confusion. They're the ones that might be at the forefront of um, counterfeit signs, wonders, and miracles coming in, too. Mm-hmm. So it's very tough in the body of Christ when we're wanting to love people, and then you have somebody come in, and they're like, oh, I need help, please help me. And you know, I hear voices in my head. And while all of a sudden they got everybody helping them, and they got everybody in the church, and then they're taking up so much time, and then there's deliverances, and then it's late night, and then there's crazy things going on in the church, and the pastor gets sick, one of the elders falls into sexual sin, all these things begin to occur, others begin to hear about it, and they get scared and leave. Pretty soon, a church is in division, in collapse, in trouble, because it was designed. Before the multiple was there, the covenant or others targeted the church. They sent someone in. They observed. They're very tenacious. They're very um, they're mil- militaristic in their in their attempts. And so we've seen national programs go down. We've seen uh, churches again silenced and suppressed per se across the nation, but. I, I, um, I see on a biblical scale what's coming, the red horse, the white, the white horse, red horse, black horse, pale horse, Revelation 6, is, is Adam, it's huge message. 
It, this is, see, the world was captivated for 2011, 2012 about all oh, the Mayan prophecies and the world shift and, uh, you know, a new, yeah. you know. Look how the world, by the billions, took hold of that. And, and the world all of a sudden is captivated. Okay, we're going to look, we're going to see, we're going to have parties. Where millions and millions of New Agers in sites all over the, all over the world gathered to help open doorways. They wanted to come in. They want the New Age to come in and so forth. All that was was gateway opening with a, uh, a distracting, you know, look over here while the dark side was, uh, was simply layering the world for what's next to come. Um, why doesn't the world hear the other side of this myth? Here's what really is coming. And here's the Savior that's going to come and bring a healing to the nations and ultimately a new heaven, new earth. Here's a Savior coming to bring redemption, and indestructible immortality. Uh, this, is, this is the other side of what needs to be out there and can be. But the truth is, if, if I'm driving and I have my car packed with just little kids and family and I'm going around the corner and the bridge is out, I don't want somebody to have taken the sign down or the alert you know, signals down. I want somebody to be out there with a flag to wave me down, with a sign, someone to yell at me and say, stop, before I go around that corner 65 miles an hour and fly off the edge of the mountain and, and, and plunge into a fiery crash. Um, the world's going to plunge into a fiery, unprecedented, unequaled, unever heard of multinational, multicontinental collapse. These people that we're dealing with and have for 30 years not only I, but those who've been working with them in Germany, England, Canada, Australia, here in the United States, they believe the same thing. Russ, what do you think the timetable is for that? Oh, man. Um, I was asked last night on a live radio pro program out of New York. Um, you know, you see the clocks that show five minutes to midnight. Um, I have one up behind our show called The Ragged Edge. It shows at two minutes to midnight. Uh, that's how I see it. Um, because we have to remember on the biblical scale, this underground system is to stay secretive. Second Thessalonians 2, it is called a mysterion, a secret power of lawlessness that's already at work. It's a supernaturally guided, empowered, but cloaked, cloaked um, development. So is there a shadow government? Absolutely. Is there shadow military economics? Not only is there... It is more organized, more connected, it, that's the biblical picture when it finally comes to power, than, than what we see in our own nations and stuff. Everything else is moving to chaos and, and dismantling and, and um, destabilization and dysfunction. That's what's happening in Cyprus and Iran or Israel yeah. and, and North Korea um, and all of, the, all of the craziness that's going on, it seems like. So everybody on a global scales, scale feels what you and I feel. We feel the ominous, catastrophic chaos is coming. Most can't say what it is. Most only fear it. It's like the guys that were running in 9... Remember 9-11 on the day when you looked from, the, from far away, you've seen hundreds of people running with black smoke dust around their nose and mouth. They're, they have those, that look of fear. Every once in a while, they turn their head back to see as the buildings are collapsing. Remember the faces... And what they looked like when they turned back and looked at the buildings and then kept running. That's how I see the world. Hmm. Um, I see the world, but they don't know what they're running from yet. And they don't know exactly what's going to come. And here's, with, here's what all believers can do with precision. 
the biblical prophetic picture is God's massive intel, better than the NSA, better than CIA, better than anybody else, God has given intel. That's what prophetic insight gives us. Not just, you know, God says what he's going to do. He says, here's what mankind's going to be doing. But the bulk of this, more is, is given to us in advance about the sequential development and the event development of the dark side's agenda. More is given to us about that than the rapture issue and the millennial issue all put together. The content is vast. The, 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 the facts are mass deception that will lead to the crumbling and destruction and then an unprecedented uh, collapsing and, and slaughtering. And, and, and well, Jesus said it in Matthew 24, um, the world has never seen what it's about to see. It has never experienced what it's about to experience. And if we're going to hold this, 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 this and, the, and the, these prophetic scriptures have the power of God in them, we should be at the cutting edge in churches everywhere. We should give the warning, spell out the warnings, and we should say like Acts chapter 2 when Peter, when the Pentecost occurred, that was fulfillment of prophecy from Joel. And he says, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke about. So we should be able to, if we know the biblical prophecy systematically, know it well, we're going to be able to look out there and say, hey, this doesn't surprise me. It outrages me, but it doesn't surprise me. And here's what's more to come. And then, then when we deal with ground-based stuff and see what's going on, well, yeah, Adam, what you're doing, this, what this show is all about, is bring out the information, bring out the exposure about it. This is all connected. The shooters are connected. The, the economic collapses are connected. The Cyprus issue is connected. The, the Iran and, 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 and uh, North Korea and, and all, the, all of this is connected. But it's not the popular face on the magazine covers, blog covers, and TV cable news. That's information coming out. But again, go past that. It's more severe than we realize, and it's not going to be... We've been in the frog and the kettle approach. Yeah. It's not going to be... But we're, we're coming to the point where the Scripture shows it's going to be a catastrophic event, 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 event on a global scale. Not national, global. Uh, it won't be just nations, the black awakening, the chaos, the revolt, the red horse issue. That's supposed to be the whole earth. That's supposed to bring down millions and millions in slaughter. And tremendous chaos and tremendous uh, anarchy. And what's that leave room for? Those who have designed it to come into power, to, to say, here we are to save the day. Here we are to set up a new kingdom. Here we are to set up a globalized system. Here we are going to, now we got control. Now we're going to put controls. Hey, we're going to save the day. We got controls. Yeah. We got gun control. We got drone control. We got spiritual control. Uh, we're going to outlaw anybody that doesn't agree with us. If you don't take the mark, if you, you know, so all of this is absolutely real. All we're doing is feeling the precursors. Well, Russ, let me ask you, uh, you know, the kind of the time that we have left, uh, you know, you've got uh, something going on, I believe, in Chicago. Uh, I think uh, was it uh, next weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I believe. Sure. Uh, what are you going to be talking about there? Um, Chicago. The title of it is, um, and that's it. To Chicago. Let me. W, Chicago Summit dot net. Um, Chicago Summit is. Um, we've done two of these in the past and focused on some subjects, uh, but this one here is called. Um, 
Uh, let me get the site up real quick. Uh, DNA and the Physics of God. It, the subtitle is The Design, the Corruption, and the Future of Human DNA. Douglas Woodward is going to be there. Ellie Marzuli, Rob Skiba, Derek Gilbert, Sharon Gilbert, Doug Hamp, myself, my wife, Tom Dunn. Um, this is Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, April 5th, 6th, and 7th in Chicago. The website tells you everything about it. It is going to be a focus on, and it were, the goal is, my goal behind this anyway, is let's come out with letting believers bring about um, greater insight to the subject. DNA is a big subject. DNA is involved in the Nephilim issues. DNA is involved in the Himmler-Hitler backbreeding issues. DNA is involved in the transhumanist desire to splice out the death gene and splice in the immortal gene and, and immortalize humanity and and AI, and, and all the rest. So there's a transmuting from a dark side. There's a transhumanist, parahuman um, approach to it. And, um, and and that's what the world's hearing. Again, the world's hearing all the other stuff. I think it's yeah. time we need to hear the biblical revelation, human DNA created by God as code, and uh, how was it before the fall? What happened in the fall? Uh, why is Satan so interested in the corruption connection? Is demonization possession? Uh, does that bring any control? What about salvation and ultimately glorification? It involves human DNA. So we're going to look at the, you know, what it is, what DNA is on a human scale, and, and uh, we're going to look at the corruptions and the attempted scientific side and the underground side. We're going to look at, for the first time, I think, from anywhere I've heard, we're going to look at the, you know, the God's revelation on the concept of, I mean, when glorification comes, when we're, when Christ comes and we're made immortal, um, that's down to the DNA. Our DNA will be utterly altered. Now, there's a counterfeit by the, by the millions upon millions and millions around the world, New Agers have been guided to believe in a DNA activation, DNA evolution. That is counterfeit to what the real is. And the counterfeit has taken precedence uh, in the you know minds of many, and and so this is an attempt to say, hey, there's a counterfeit. It, it it'll fi- it'll 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 fizzle and and bring destruction just like the fall in Genesis three. Here's the real story. Here's the glorious. Here's the brilliance of God. Here's the incredible picture of glorification, and what Christ did, and what the cross means in all of this. So that's Chicago Summit, April fifth, sixth, seventh, coming up. Excellent. And for anybody that, that wants to get over there, I could highly recommend it. Uh, I wish I could go myself, but, you know, Chicago's <laughs> a little far. But, uh, Russ, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can people get your book? Where can people get in touch with you, uh, you know, if they, if, if they would like? Sure. They, um, the best thing to do is to go to the website, shatterthedarkness.net, www shatterthedarkness.net and um, that has everything I mean take your time there it's a big big messy website so you can look at the live shows you can look at the content the courses that are coming up this week the free training hundreds of hours of actual training courses all free and um, so that'll tell you about conferences that'll tell you everything um, and uh, this shatterthedarkness it has contact information and everything else on it Well, thank you, Russ, for coming on. And uh, just stay on the line for us. I'm going to close this out here. And uh, we'll be right back on Conspiranormal. All right, we are back on Conspiranormal. 
I think I'm just about mentally and physically exhausted after that interview. <laughs> the only thing that uh, made me physically exhausted was a huge meal that I ate before we started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw you kind of going into a spaghetti coma there for a little bit. Yeah, now. I was chowing down, dude. Well, tell me what uh, what you thought some of your insights on that was. Well, our listeners may have noticed that I was trying to dig in a little bit and, and hear more about this German-speaking guy. And what I was so confused about and the point I was trying to get to was that I'm wondering how one person would have multiple handlers. I mean, I've never really thought of it that way, of, of someone being possessed by multiple handlers. One being, you know, speaking German, for example, and another just being a normal uh, American, well, for example. Yeah, multiple personalities. Uh, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Right. And so, so where is the German coming from? If someone is American, does not know German, then... Yeah. And, and I understand what he's saying, too. He's saying that the original um, uh, original Nazi research, you know, that it's coming from that. And I'm sure that, there, that there's books out there floating around on German-style mind control from that era that have been, like, reprinted, maybe translated. And He, he mentioned it briefly. Uh, he mentioned the, the word Lebensborn. Uh, and what that was was that they were trying to make... Um, the SS and Himmler in the Third Reich were trying to make like a perfect Super Aryan soldier. children. Yeah. Was it, well, it was basically Aryan children. Uh, it really uh, wasn't okay. soldiers in in in, the, in a sense, although that probably could have led up. But you know, of course, there were male and female children. Right. So they're trying to breed uh, blue hair, blue hair, blonde hair, and blue <laughs> eyes, and uh, just the perfect kind of Aryan children to try okay. to take out anything that they had said corrupted them. That's what the Liebensborn was. Okay. So I think he's going into kind of the uh, uh, the Nazi uh, black magic, because all those guys were all into the right. occult. And I think that's where he's drawing that from. Yeah. Okay, so, so what you're saying is that he's saying that it's that language is being passed down uh, covertly, like in, in the genes or something, handed down yeah. to the next generation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, he's saying that... I don't know if he's saying that as mostly as like the people that, that he talks to uh, that are quote-unquote satanically possessed, that they, are, that they are saying that. Okay, see, that's what I'm so confused about because yeah. in my mind, I think someone who's programming another, there's one handler and then there's one receiver. Yeah. You know? Well, that would be the simpler and, way to do it. Sure. Yeah, and... Uh, I've never, I've never thought about like the, uh, that being passed down. Yeah, you know, the offspring. It's kind of in the in what Russ is talking about is this this kind of amalgamation of the MK Ultra stuff, uh, satanic ritual abuse, and uh, demonic possession. Yeah, it's kind of what he's. It all goes together. That uh, there seems to be not only that. Uh, there's a mind control aspect to what was being done to people in the 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and really on into the, into today. Mm-hmm. That there's also a demonic right. uh, and occult practices that are going on along with that. Yeah, it's almost a it's almost a, it's it, it's almost a hard concept to understand in some ways. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. It's to very understand. obscure. <laughs> it, I, I'm not saying Russ is, but it's very obscure yeah. and it's very vague. 
of how uh, kind of like a demonic or even just or, or even just the they're using the belief in the occult to further uh, mind control. Right, which I'd have to totally disagree with. <laughs> well, okay, if you don't believe in the occult, fine. Or if you do believe in the occult, great. But the thing is, is that they're looking at that, the occult, and kind of the, uh, as another form of brainwashing. Yeah. It could be a neutral thing, but they're looking at it as a tool. Okay. To brainwash those people. This is the... Right. And in my mind, I have the separation between occultism and Satanism. And and in uh, occultism is just like uh, obscure knowledge, you know, esoteric obscure knowledge. Yeah. And the the brainwashing aspect seems to be more scientific to me than than like parent uh, yeah. I guess paranormal or uh, esoteric. Yeah, I think there's a, a there's levels that you can go through. Yeah. There. I think there's the more scientific using hypnosis and then there's a more scientific using well look at it this way okay uh, one of the things that in MK Ultra, that the idea that's another an idea of, bra of brainwashing is to put people into a cult you know think of what Charles Manson did right you know, he basically even though it was a hippie commune he started a cult he was able to control those people, not by really brainwashing them, or by you know hypnotizing them. It's just kind of but he was able, over time. yeah, he was able to convince them that he was a he was something really special, and right. you had to go out there and kill for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, um, and there's been some speculation that the CIA um, may have had a hand in. Manson may have also had a hand in Jim Jones and the uh, People's Temple, that you know the ones that killed themselves. Right. Uh, that there was a, the possibility that Jim Jones was probably CIA, all CIA to, to begin with. Um, there's some rumors to that effect, but you're using instead of making an assassin that is brainwashed to go out there and kill you're hypnotizing him he's just part of a cult and he's going to do whatever the cult leader says yeah so that's in one way using either religion yeah which you would probably say the occult is probably a religion mm -hmm. that's one way of using that for that for that for the end that mk ultra wanted right and, and it, the, that's kind of tough too, because at the same time, it's it could be just a scientific process with someone that's good with words, or it could be, yeah. it could be spiritual in nature. It may depend yeah. on the on the individual. Yeah. It may depend on if you have a really weak-willed individual, you might be able to just hypnotize that person, or it may depend if you have a bunch of people that are have varying degrees of will in a um, in a cult. You know, you don't really have to worry about that because they're following their leader. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I would say that brainwashing on a mass scale would definitely be an occult practice. Yeah. Yeah. So there's probably people that... And, and, and look at... You know, I don't want to go too long with this, but look at uh, 
you know, people that are in the CIA uh, and that were doing these things, a lot of these upper echelon people were all probably, you know, in Masonic lodges. They were all probably, you know, part of some other secret society like Skull and Bones. Right, right. So they could already keep secrets. So they already had a mindset where they could, you know, almost that cultic mindset already. Right. Okay. And another thing I was thinking about the German-speaking guy he was talking about was maybe it's just gibberish. And because German sounds like a dark language in itself. Yeah. You know. Uh, so. Du hast. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I hear my aunt speaking it or whatever, it sounds like she's speaking some kind of demonic language to her <laughs> sister over the phone in Germany. Ich I'm like, you just cast a hex on her or something? <laughs> but <laughs> well speaking of uh germans and uh, ex-nazis you know the pope declared that he was going to resign today yeah he's the first pope in like 600 years to have done that all the rest of them have died in office so which is interesting because you have the malachi prophecy that says that uh this pope is the next to last pope. So supposedly we're going to have the last pope, which is Peter. You ever hear of the Malachi prophecy? Oh, uh, not before today, no. Well, you, need look, <laughs> you need to look that one up. Uh, Basically, Malachi, St. Malachi was this guy. He wrote a prophecy that, you know, detailed, uh, that said, you know, here's the list of popes that are to come, Okay. So we had these different symbologies for each uh, different pope. Uh-huh. And so um, people have looked at that and said, okay, well, this must be this pope. And then they work their way forward. Okay. And so supposedly there's something that, that identifies Benedict Sixteenth in, uh, in the prophecy. And that's the next to last pope. Mm. So what exactly happens when the last pope comes along? I have no idea. <laughs> Book of Revelations? I, I don't know. So. Maybe you could qualify to be Pope. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I would just love that. My, my got, <laughs> It'd be a good job for you. I got my, uh, my 10 years prerequisite priesthood in... <laughs> yeah. I'll just go put, in, I'll go put in my resume in Italy. Do it, man. Well, I think that's it, man. I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of ground tonight, so I think I'm working to call it. Word. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and close us out, sir? Thank you guys so, so much for listening to C- Conspiranormal. <laughs> I'm not used to this. He always does it. And come back next time. Who we got on next time? Uh, we're going to have on uh, these guys that were in a uh, podcast that uh, was a big inspiration to me called World of the Unexplained. And uh, we're just going to kind of sit down and just talk to them. Right on. Sounds like a good time. Uh, so, uh, Chris, you got anything to add? All right. Well, Chris is a man of many words. So, uh, <laughs> y'all join us next time on Conspiranormal.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.